Jordan Hart. I'm a singer-songwriter from Canada, and you're listening to the Mountain Movers Podcast. This is the Mountain Movers Podcast, a platform for you. The ones with a voice to be heard, but no microphone to speak it. This is your time. Your chance to become more than they believe you are. More than you believe you are. So let's do this. Together. Playing my intro after a sample of this dude's song seems a little crazy. I should have I should have just let it play, but that's not why we're here. We're here to chat with the mind behind the music. Jordan, let's get the ball rolling here. Tell us who you are and what you do. Thanks, Jake. My name is Jordan Hart. I'm a musician living in Toronto, um, but I'm kind of from all over Canada. I've, I've lived from coast to coast. And um, yeah, I'm just somebody who who loves music and has the honor of, of making sounds for a living. Yeah, so when did this journey start for you? Take us back. Man, I mean, I, I don't know if I ever really had a choice. I, I came from the most musical family I've ever heard of, literally. Every single person on, I think, my mother's and my father's side of the family is uh, incredibly musically talented. So I, I grew up around campfires where five-part harmony would break out randomly, and I would just sit in awe as early as I can remember as my uncles and aunts would sing beautiful songs and... and uh, play guitar all of them can you know arrange play play piano my uncle was actually in a really famous country band called called Emerson Drive and he was uh, one of the people that I looked looked up to the most in my early life and um, yeah I guess I could communicate more proficiently through music than I could through English for a really long time and eventually the opportunity arose to try to make a living out of it and um, gratefully it uh, it's been going pretty well so far was this something that you'd say you knew right away? It was something that you wanted to put your all into? Or did that sort of evolve as you went along? Yeah, it definitely evolved. I, I've, I've always been somebody who, you know, puts my full heart into everything I do. But music wasn't even something I, I thought of as anything you could put anything into or, or get anything out of it. It just was like, I didn't even know that it was strange to have a musical family until I, you know, I, I started grade school and not everyone could sing or play guitar or weren't as like connected to music. And it, it was, uh, it was strange for me to, to realize that. So, so it was, it, it took a while for me to actually think of, think of it as a career option or even something that you could practice. It was just, uh, you know, it was more of like a form of communication, I guess. Um, yeah, but I actually wanted to be a professional soccer player growing up. <laughs> that was my, the height of my ambition when I was a kid. So you were the type of kid that, you know, on the playground at school, you'd get your buddies together and, and you'd ultimately play soccer, right? Exactly. Yeah, that was fun. So what did it feel like to kind of transition from this ambition to be a professional sports player to something very different, something like an mm. artist? Um, I, For me, it, it didn't feel like a shift, I guess. It, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to... I guess just the way my personality works is I just I'm really really invested in what my attention is focused on in in any given moment and that can last you know that can be recording sessions that I forget to eat for you know 
a 20 hour period of time where I'm just <laughs> staring at my computer editing and, and making music to um, to whatever it is, a soccer game that I'm playing. And so so for me, it wasn't it didn't feel like a shift. It was just my everyday life where eventually I realized that I guess there was a bit of um, I guess it, it wasn't a huge thing, but there was like a bit of, of uh, um, regret that I had to eventually quit playing soccer in order to commit just just to be able to fill the, the time commitment that I wanted to be able to put into my art but um, for me it was just like the most natural thing in the world it was just it was just this new obsession that grabbed me more than I was reaching for it but the biggest challenge I guess was um, because <laughs> because of how drastically I switched from from one ambition to the other I think my dad was a little confused and he he was extremely supportive and is an extremely supportive father and he put everything he had into helping me with this dream of being a soccer player or, or giving everything I had to that sport. And so when I when I shifted, it felt flaky to him um, in the beginning until he realized, you know, it, it took a, a few months for him to realize, OK, wow, like he's actually going he's committed to this. He's going all the way with this. And then he shifted his uh, his feelings about it, too, and, and put everything he had behind it, too. But I think if it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't have even realized that it was strange. <laughs> it was it was pretty natural. I mean, we can talk about the differences that obviously there are between being a soccer player and being a singer and a, and a musician, but I feel like this just, they go hand in hand. It describes yeah. the kind of person that you are, right? No matter what you're doing, whether it's, whether it's cooking or, you know, mm. sleeping, like you, you're going to put your all into it, right? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so it sounds to me like you have some good people in your corner man it's uh, yeah like if if it's not too bold to say it that's that's a huge understatement like i uh i've i've been so blessed in that way i i, I was born into an unbelievable family an incredibly loving uh uh community and um every, everybody that that is close to my heart right now like i i i feel an extremely strong connection with each and every one of them and and i know that it's it's a two way two way thing it's a pretty pretty fortunate to to be able to have those people in my life of course and no matter what you do moving forward i uh i can i can vouch for you know being an artist with some mm. amazing people in my corner and uh, it's it's unmatched it's it's just an, an another level yeah man i was actually curious i don't i don't know if if this has happened on the podcast before and i don't want to uh, you know bore anybody I guess who's an avid listener but I was, I was curious if you wouldn't mind if we turned the tables a bit I'm, I'm really curious uh this is the first time we've had a chance to talk and I'm curious about you do you mind if I ask you a couple questions of course go for it man man I was just wondering what what motivated you to start this podcast like I, I love I've been as as most of the world has I think or at least much of the world has I've been becoming more and more intrigued in in this long form type of conversation as as uh you know, something to fill my day when I, when I am cooking or working out and something like that. So I'm just curious what, what motivated you to, to do this? Yeah, so I've had this, this podcast for a little over a year now. We hit our one-year mark uh, a couple weeks ago. Which yeah, was, I saw that actually. Which, which, was, which was super cool, super crazy. But Congrats. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, but ultimately, I've always been the type of person that just liked talking. I do... Mm enjoy conversations no matter who they're with and as I got into university like I said I, I I went to school for dance um but as I got into university dance um was always my 
primary form of communication um, and expression. And when that became school and felt like work, I felt like I had to find another outlet, another mm. form of communication. And so, but yeah, as a very, like I'll say, I'm a very extroverted uh, human being. Uh, you know, I draw a lot of inspiration from other people's stories. And so with all these listed, I thought to myself, how can I create a platform where one, I can, you know, chat with some really cool people. Two, I can express how I feel and the things that I go through. And uh, three, connect and inspire other people around, you know, around the world to to listen, to take the time to actually listen, because I feel like we're very quick nowadays to consume uh, information and material. And I just wanted to kind of take it old fashioned and yeah, a radio That's show, cool. a radio show type thing where, you know, I connect people all around the world. I chat with people that I normally wouldn't have had the opportunity to connect with like yourself and, you know, some other guests that I've had and just share your remarkable stories with these people uh, I say in the intro the ones with the voice to be heard but no microphone to speak it and that's that to me represents not providing people a voice but giving them the platform to amplify their already so unique voice wow that's really really beautiful man it's appreciated on this end for sure just the the one last kind of question that came out of that, just hearing you know how important it is to to you. Um, what what would you say connects the the rest? How, how or what do you what would you say it is about this that connects to the rest of your life in the form of the sort of driving factor for everything you do? You know the relationships you you have and, and choose to keep. What what would you say if there is one or like two or three things that if you could distill it down to words that like drives everything you do? Hmm, that's a very good question. I mean, I'm just like you. I'm the type of person that when I want something, I'll I'll give it my all. You know, I come from a, cool. a very loving family as well. And I can say that they they definitely inspire me to to pursue this this journey, this journey to becoming like the person that I want to be. And I feel like as I as you know, as I embark on this journey, it's it's about finding the things that that are going to continue to push me, but th that also challenge me in a way that isn't just going to keep me stuck in this one point. Like this podcast is taking me to uh, different places as I talk to different people from sort of all walks of life. And it's very different than who I am as a dancer. And it's very different than who I am as an athlete. And it's oh, cool. Right. So it's kind of like I'm taking all these different, these different sides of me and kind of seeing where it takes me. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. I appreciate those questions. Oh, seriously, it's it's very rare that, you know, I'll have a conversation and obviously this platform is to share stories um mm -hmm. about my guest, but it's nice to be able to to share a piece of me with someone new, you know? Yeah. Like, like I said, it's it's my first time meeting you, so it's a pleasure to get to know you, man. Of course. Um yeah, let's jump right back into it. Uh I think I wanna know where you draw your musical inspiration from. I would say that it's it's a really um difficult thing to describe but it, it's i guess just i don't know how, how else to say it other than it's just like the most sensory thing it, it, it's um it's sort of just the way that i feel 
everything. Um, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm not somebody that particularly enjoys um, thinking too much about, about the writing. Um, I, I really just have found, uh, I enjoy the process more and I, I, I'm more, I'm, I find it more successful because I enjoy the result more as well when I just sort of get into a state of flow and I guess the best way I've ever been able to describe this is, is it's kind of like an exhaling of of the information that I've inhaled through my life. So it's just like this connection and, and opening to the feelings of what it is, what my, what my experience as a human has been and getting into a place where I, I can sort of sit inside, you know, whatever that is to you, the seat of your soul or the um, the place in your brain that holds all of the, your memories of, of the smells, the feelings, the tastes, the touches, every, everything, and just sort of getting in touch with all of those things and exhaling them in the form of sound, um, if that answers your question. Yeah, so it's it's sort of like the most genuine form of expression that you can you can come up with. So far, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what interests me about artists that you know write their own music is just like how i feel about my podcast it's it's storytelling right it's the mm. stories that you tell so let's break down some of your lyrics and talk about some of the meaning behind them is that cool yeah for sure so you've just released a single do you want to talk to us a bit about that sure um yeah i was fortunate enough to connect with a record company called all points and they're a company from the UK, but they're connected to, I think, the biggest, if not one of the biggest distribution companies in the world. So I've got the luxury of being on a label with the resources of a major, but the intentionality and um, openness of an indie label. And, um, you know, after, after sort of taking a couple of meetings and <laughs> forming a horrific picture in my mind of, of the line where commerce meets art, I luckily through through my incredible manager adam schomer stumbled upon this beautiful record label and um the representative at the time who unfortunately just moved on to being a lawyer um there's still an incredible team there but uh this this was the guy that kind of brought me into the label and, and saw the deal through encouraged me um in a way that nobody else ever had to produce my own uh ep so the very first ep he thought i should release is something that just happened in my home studio with me and a laptop. And I was always obsessed with producing, but I never considered myself a producer for some reason until that moment where this guy who represented a, a company that was putting a serious amount of resources behind my dream recommended me actually starting with my own producing. And um, it, it meant a lot to me and, and just sort of instilled the confidence in me to actually pursue that endeavor. And um after about a year of working on it i came up with a seven song ep and um released my very first single in <clears throat> november and it was a really beautiful and incredible response mostly from the community that that had already sort of been surrounding my my music at the time and uh yeah now just uh getting to share this <clears throat> sorry man this uh this second song off the album, it, it feels really, really amazing. Um, but yeah, th this this whole album kind of centers around my relationships and most, I think every song, I guess everything I do in my life in a way does now, but 
almost every song, if not every song, is mainly centered around uh, the biggest relationship in my life right now, which is um, mine with, with my wife, uh, who I married in, in June of 2020. And so this song is really an ode to our our love and, and our decision to continue to deepen the connection between each other, um, you know, starting with that initial romance um, that's so commonly so powerful for so many people and then choosing to continue to sort of dig deeper and deeper and deeper into that love and, and al allow ourselves to sink more freely, more vulnerably, expose more and more of ourselves with each other and um, make each other feel safe in that. And so it's sort of like, I guess, a, a, a sonic and, and lyrical exploration of, of what that felt like and, and to, to encourage somebody to, to, or I guess to, to work to make somebody feel as safe as they can exposing all that they are to you and the decision to trust them enough to do the same that is beautiful man and i got a sneak peek of this song and i mm. can just i can just tell you that it is it's one of those songs that i think you can hear wherever <laughs> whenever and it'll just hit the same every time you know thanks sorry excuse me i just <laughs> I had a drink of my tea and it went right down the wrong pipe. Oh God, that's hilarious. <laughs> but thank you so much. It means a lot coming from someone like you, man. Thank you very much. Here, I'm gonna take a, <laughs> I'm gonna take a dive into the into the lyrics, just a couple of them, and uh, I just want to know sort of where the thought process behind these words were. So I can read them out if you'd prefer. Yeah, absolutely. So I had from. Uh, the beginning up until the first time you say hold. Amazing. So <clears throat> it just goes, come in love. This ain't just common love. The stories they wrote for us are a thousand years old. Let's pick it up. The pen other lovers dropped and color a page for us. Sincere as stone. Blur the edges of the world you know. Fall into me. Let the spaces close whole. <laughs> Dude, you you got to take me through that. What is sure. the what is the mind and the heart you know behind it? Yeah, man. So I guess um, it's uh, it came as again from that sort of like state of of flow that so many of my songs have come from, where I wasn't thinking too much about it. I was it's kind of a state of improv, I guess you could say. Um, where it's mostly like syllables sort of coming out of my mouth that sound like lines, and then I, I find the line within that. And, and this this whole verse sort of came out like that. But um, once I heard it for the first time, I, I realized that it, it was just that opening up, um, you know, that idea of this this isn't just common love. This isn't just the romantic burst that, that we've all felt in, in, you know, those first few weeks to months to whatever, however that sort of initial fleeting flame lasts um you know this is that 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 romance that has stories that that are thousands of years old that from the beginning of humankind that that sort of decision to be with each other through through all of it and that decision to to have you know not saying that this is the only or the even superior way to to live a life but there is so much beauty in choosing to live that like pure monogamous um whole experience of, of just two becoming one um and yeah again like not saying that is the way or the 
the best way or anything like that is just that uh, there's something so beautiful in it. And I was trying to represent how grateful I am to have had that experience and to be led in that path in, in, in this life. Um, so it's just that that idea that the stories that they wrote for us are a thousand years old. This is being told in, in all of those great romance tales through time. Um, and then pick it up. The pen other lovers drops is just that, you know, we live in, in a time where so many people for so many different reasons have, have chosen to you know cut that relationship off or choose not to go deeper into their relationship or for whatever reason it is to to stop the deepening of, of that connection and we have chosen to pick that pen up and and color a page for us sincere as stone so there's nothing inauthentic about it it's just our genuine um representation of, of what it is for us to sort of continue to deepen our relationship and then yeah just that idea of blurring the edges of the world you know it's it's such a vulnerable thing to to choose to become one with someone else because you do lose a lot of your own personality um and you lose a lot of your own um freedoms in a way um you gain so much in return and for me it's definitely worth it but it's a terrifying thing um and so it's just this idea of of blurring the edges of that world, losing a little bit of touch with the way you expect things to be in order to reinvent that world with your significant other. Yeah, and I guess the final thought would be that as a result, you feel, or I, I felt and we feel more complete um, than we did when we were on our own. Hence the idea of whole. Take me now to the last verse. Cool. Um, so this is kind of the the outro, or the because there's sort of like a verse, a chorus, a verse, a chorus, and then there's sort of like this bridge slash outro thing that kind of fades out to the end of the at the end of the song. I guess I'll choose to go through the outro if that's okay. Absolutely, take us through. The second verse is sort of like a deepening of that original idea, but this outro is uh, it actually came from. Um, one one of the nights where I feel like our relationship took a huge plunge into a deeper space, and um, it's our, our relationships, it, our romantic relationship started in in Vancouver, when we were both living there, and this one night, uh, Emily got just restless leg syndrome. I guess <laughs> she she'd never had anything like it before, but we. We were trying to fall asleep and it was like 3.30 in the morning and she just couldn't sleep because her legs just had so much kinetic energy in them and she was just kind of moving around and she was really frustrated about it. And so I just suggested that we we get up and go, go for a walk to the water. And so we did and it was 3.30, 4 in the morning, something like that. But we, we finally got down to this beautiful beach in Vancouver called English Bay Beach. And it's usually packed with people, but because it was so early there was literally not a single person in sight and I had never seen the ocean so still, but it was like glass. Um, and I don't know if you've ever been there, but you can see mountains in the background. The sun was setting right in front of us in this beautiful, or sorry, rising right in front of us in this beautiful like purple reddish hue and it was reflecting over the water in just this like magnificent way. Um, and we just yeah i found so much peace in that moment and we we hadn't spoken we were just sort of silently walking we hadn't spoken for such a long time just both filled with joy and she just kind of like turned to me 
and smiled and took off all her clothes and walked into the water and I followed her and we just sort of like danced in the water together um in this like super public beach completely naked <laughs> um, but luckily, luckily nobody ran into us um and so that that last sort of outro is, is all about that moment and the way it felt for me moving into a piece of music uh, like this song here it's it's super vulnerable it's super it's very emotional right and i guess i'm wondering is that a place you like to go is that uh, a place that you like to go with your music often yeah man i think it's a place i've i've felt drawn to go in in my life like in every area of my life um yeah it's 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 the place i i guess i feel most comfortable i would say um but just there's there's something in that state of like complete vulnerability and truth um with any relationship i've ever had that I, that i just feel at home in um and yeah, so so it's like it's my music is sort of just an extension of me at this point. I haven't tried to, you know, so I I sort of envy even some some of those musicians that have sort of set up a persona for themselves to, you know, exhibit this personality that's mostly a character, uh, sort of like what Alan Raymond's done or someone like that. But for me, um, I just I just feel so much more complete when, um, sort of I guess I'm just like exploring or indulging in my own personal experiences to the to the maximum of what they are and discovering every little feeling every little truth in them and I find it most interesting to be there whether that's when I'm studying I guess that goes back to you know like how passionately I pursue little things in my life but like when I'm studying the way a tree grows or who someone else is or how to make a song represent who I am um, I just I just want it to be I guess as, as true and free from from inhibition and and uh as yeah just as, as open and honest as possible and i think yeah it just comes down to a personal interest thing it's just where i feel most comfortable and fulfilled well i can honestly say that that translates in mm. even just the way you spoke your lyrics you know like it's one thing to to be able to portray what you're trying to say you know with this voice that you have but that voice stems from just speaking Right. And so being able to portray that same vibe, that same emotional take, even when you're just speaking, I feel like that goes a long way. Cool. Yeah, definitely. And and I, I found that it's cool that, that you say that, because I, I actually did find that like I, I, most of my learning, um, I guess. Not, yeah, I'd, I'd say that mo my, my most efficient form of learning that I've come across is is busking um just in the way that you know no, nobody um chose to stop for the people that do stop and nobody ha has any reason to other than that that this, that music connects to them so there's something so um yeah i guess like real and authentic about about the busking experience just like when you think about like a concert for example people have already invested in that experience by buying the concert ticket or choosing to go there so they already have something on the line. They really want you to do well. Um, and then with busking, I guess, like, it doesn't take anything out of their day. They're free to leave whenever they want. They have nothing invested in the experience. So they won't stop unless they want to. And they'll leave as soon as, as they, they want as well. So um, through that, I, I sort of found it was like a, a beautiful 
reflection of of how people were receiving my music and it was the coolest experience to realize that uh as you intuited people responded best when i was sort of deepening that vulnerability when i would sing and and go you know sing songs it didn't matter if they were happy songs or sad songs or groovy songs or rubato songs it was all about whatever i was genuinely feeling in that moment whatever i could portray most vulnerably and authentically in that specific moment and whenever i would attach myself to that feeling um in the, in the most whole way that i could that was when i had those crowds of like a hundred people around me and it was just so cool to see the justice in that um that that representation of, of people resonating with authenticity um, but yeah I, th- I think you intuited that really cool uh, is that something that you experience in dance as well a hundred percent i mean mm-hmm. when you're putting on a show specifically uh, I think it's a little different than, say, a musician performing because when you're dancing, you're facing all these different directions, right? Mm. Uh, you could be facing the back, you could be facing the ceiling, you could be facing the floor, but you're not always directly facing the audience. And so mm. the audience consumes what you're giving them, not through direct eye contact or which 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 isn't all the time but it's not through direct eye contact it's through this kind of energy that you're giving off and so that kind of radiates like i said in all these different directions but you don't you don't get that same satisfaction of 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 directly connecting with you know say someone sitting in the front row or someone sitting in the very back row it's it's all about what you're giving them and it's up for interpretation interesting yeah, that's cool. I wonder if there's like a a different type of satis- satisfaction that comes from from that. Like, it's almost more internal, I would imagine, mm-hmm. be- because of that, and, and you get to sort of like indulge in it a bit more. It's more, um, yeah, it's uh, more uh, free in a way. A hundred percent. And cool. I guess depending on you know the type of music you use, whether you choose to not use any at all, it, I guess that changes the type of message you end up portraying cool yeah for sure so you mentioned busking which makes this transition very easy for me um (laughs) talk to us about your 100 day busking challenge yeah so that was something i did in 2019 it was um i don't know that there was this uh, i I don't really know what to call them i I guess (laughs) um marketing duo i guess you could say would would encompass the most of what they do but it, it's more i guess than that but yeah for for the sake of time we'll say that there there are this sort of these marketing gurus that called we the iconic and they walked past me on the street while i was busking and really enjoyed the music and asked if i'd come and sit down in their office and um we sat down which seems weird talking about in in the times of covid but <laughs> we uh back before that was a thing we sat down and um, over a cup of tea, they wanted to brainstorm how they could help me reach a wider audience just out of the goodness of their heart because they believed in what I was doing. They just wanted to help. And so after some thinking, we came up with this idea of busking for 100 days in a row and making it a challenge. And for it was difficult to imagine because after every single time that I've ever busked um again i probably just going back to how much i i give try to give myself to everything i do and 
I'd put everything on the line at every every single one of my busking sessions. So by the time I came home from one, like I needed a full day of rest after. And so for to imagine doing it for a hundred days in a row was daunting. And I knew that if I didn't start the next day, I would probably put it off and it would never happen. So that's what I did. I got up the next morning. I made the announcement on Instagram that I was going to do a hundred days of busking in a row. And I just started doing it. And there was this incredible energy in the way that the community responded um i guess everyone yeah i I, in especially in in toronto there i felt this sort of support uh, internal support for for the community of toronto from its individual members and it showed during this challenge that everyone sort of became my champion and, and offered ways to help spaces that i could play in eventually i i connected with uh, a charity that means the world to me called L'Arche, which is an organization that uh, provides loving communities for individuals with intellectual disabilities. And every Sunday, I did this thing called L'Arche Sundays, where I would uh, put my case out just like normal, but everything that I would make that day would go towards the L'Arche Canada Foundation. And on those days, especially, like the whole community of, of my fans would would come out. We'd have like hundreds of people on the street, and they'd all donate whatever they could um, and it felt amazing to to give that to to the Large Canada Foundation. And then, as we got further and further and further into the 90th day, you know, people who thought I wouldn't make it past 50 started to to be believers as well. And it all ended on Canada Day, which was actually not planned. It was actually a, a complete coincidence, which was amazing. But on Canada Day, I busked from three separate locations and ended in Woodbine Beach for the fireworks. And it was right. Um, leading up to the fireworks, I played for about an hour and got this big crowd of people. It was like a 360 degree audience, which is so crazy. I've never played for an audience like that before. And they all had their phones out as it was getting darker and I had like the lights going and everything. And I just felt so connected to this uh, supportive community. And it felt like, I mean, so many connections that I still have today in the music industry came from that that challenge. And most of my fans now know me as like the busker in Toronto and um, it means a lot to me because of how I, you know, what I was saying before of how, how busking has, has really brought out my, my inner artist for me, um, is really cool to be able to speak about busking and to be known as a, as a busker like this to me, it's like the most organic, authentic form of, um, that I've found of, of, uh, performing for people musically. So yeah, it was just like the most organic, beautiful start to everything that's happening now. And I'm really grateful for it. So what did this challenge uh ultimately teach you oh man um i guess it showed me the power of of a movement that people are attracted to the story like a story a storyline somebody taking on a difficult thing and, and seeing it through to the end like that it's uh the amount that that added to the performance was was remarkable. I don't think I would have been able to predict that. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, like just from the individual moments of busking, again, it, it just day in, day out reiterated how at the end of the day, what people resonate most, most with as, as a performer, at least from me, is, is my authentic, um, like how however deep I could go into my own space and, and feel myself or feel the, the world around me through my own perspective and connect to that and be as vulnerable and open and honest as I could. 
that those were the moments again where people res uh, would would gather around me and it, it, I knew that it resonated with them. Um, I'd say those those are probably the two biggest biggest lessons, but there were there were many in in the individual moments for sure. Is this something that you are considering doing again? You know, I, I definitely haven't, um, though I've been asked before, which begs the question, is, is, is it something that's wanted from me? <laughs> um, I, I would definitely be down to do another 100-day challenge or, or something similar, but a bit of a different experience. Um, but I don't know if I'd do a 100-day busking challenge again. I definitely want busking to be a part of my life no matter where my life takes me. But yeah, I, th I think... I think whatever the next challenge will be, it'll be it'll be something different. So with these challenges that you have done and aspire to do, you know, and with, you know, being someone who likes to stay true to their authentic self, what do you think prevents people from uh, pursuing what they believe is their passion or believe is their authentic self? I think it's just the idea of or being I don't know if you've read the war. I think it's the war of art that this came from, but the idea of resistance is written so beautifully in this book. And it's just this idea that however much you want something um, is equally related to how much resistance um, that comes from getting it. And it's just this idea that I think that be because we want, for example, to connect with each other so badly because our, our deepest, so many of our deepest fears are about being rejected or and especially our like our most authentic selves having that be rejected or or not not you know not loved um that comes with however badly we want it it just raises the stakes of what it means to us to have failed in getting it and i think that it just um causes a lot of fear and i think that there's also a lot of people that um don't necessarily look that deeply into it i know that i didn't until i i started pursuing something with with all my heart uh, in this way but I think that there are so many distractions in the world we live in and that mixed with the fact that these things are extremely difficult just because of the amount of fear that's associated with with doing something you really genuinely want to do um, would probably result in a lot of people just sort of not not taking the plunge um, but yeah I think that in those first experiences of doing it you you start to realize that it's not uh as scary as as it seems in, in in our minds and the rewards are more than we could even imagine them being so with that being said has pursuing your music you know come with any hardships or in you know mountain movers lingo have you come across any mountains that you've had to move yourself yeah man like yeah every day 100 percent I mean, the, the biggest one recently was sharing my music. I mean, after, you know, sort of being known for my live performances and, and having a chance, to, having had a chance to perform so many times for so many different people before I had ever released something. Um, actually, yeah, this is a story I've never told anybody, but on the, the day that I released my first single, I... Uh, I don't know, I was expecting, I was kind of expecting to, to party at, at, like at midnight when it was finally available to the world. But it uh, finally went up and I listened to it. And as I was listening to it, I just sunk into this state of like immovable depression. It, it was like, it was intense as I've felt it in a long time. And 
um, I just sat on the couch and, and my breaths were so heavy and like tears were in my eyes and I, I just felt this insane sense of failure. And luckily I, I have my wife in my life who talked me through it and I eventually was able to figure out that it came from the fact that all of my work up to that moment, all of the horrible man, like the deals that I that I had made with with managers that I didn't uh, resonate with, that were sort of guiding me in a direction I didn't want to go, and the fights that I had had with them, and the successes I had as a bus girl or in other performances, the support that I had cultivated from so many incredible um, investors and donors, and and just people that have given me love and support for my music, to all of the people that have told me I'd never make it, or that my music was meaningless, or that as a performer whatever it was, all the ways that people would try to bring me down. But uh, all of those triumphs and failures all were wrapped up in this one moment for me. And I felt like this one three minute and 30 second song had to represent all of that. And no matter what the song sounded like, it would never be able to encompass all of that. And for me, my brain subconsciously equated that as a failure. And I had to sort of, once I aligned or discovered where that was coming from, I sort of had to move a mountain in myself to realize um, you know, t- that that wasn't a healthy perspective and to shift that perspective into this is a lifelong journey and, and releasing music is, uh, um, it's always going to be vulnerable, but it, yeah, it's, it's just a snapshot of, of who I was at the time I recorded it and that's okay and that's valuable and it's important to share for me. So, um, yeah, I would say every day there's, there's a, something that's really difficult about, about this job, probably not as difficult as others, but um, this one in particular has been really difficult for me. Um, yeah, I hope I hope that answers your question. Yeah, thank you for for sharing that. By the way, something that obviously hits very close to home for you. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, but you said it. I feel like you or anyone that pursues their passion falls into this this sort of thought, you know, like what, what I'm doing right now means so much to me. And you can only hope that down the line that either stays the same or it grows, you know, but that's not the, that's not the case for a lot of people. You know, some people do put their everything into, you know, say their music and then five, six, seven years later, you know, they start to gravitate towards something else. And I think that, I don't think that's a, that's a bad thing at all but I think mm. that's just a reality and so you know I'm, I, I think I'm wondering as someone who you know puts so much into what he does is that a fear of your own that you might have that that maybe you wouldn't feel the same about music mm. later as you do now I've never no I I, I don't really think about that too often I I think that for something to move my attention away from music it would have to mean just as much or more than this does right now and and if if something like that comes along man I'm ready (laughs) let's let's go yeah Um, but right now if there's there's yeah there's so many facets to to my job right now like even beyond creating music that are intriguing and interesting to me so I I don't imagine that happening, but if, I mean, if and when it does, I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to it, you know? Yeah. I think that's a good mindset to have, honestly. Hmm. Um, but what would you say to 
you know, other people listening that aspire to create music of their own, um, but are letting something like outside noise prevent them from even starting? Um, I wouldn't want to assume to have any advice to give any individual on their own journey um, that would translate, but if there's anything that I have to offer from my own, it was just that, um, I guess for me, in those moments, um, finding a form of meditation outside of the art has really helped, because for me, the artistic creation is really um, similar to my experiences of, of meditation, um, and so when, when I was able to find a way to sit in silence and be at peace in that noise and find the quiet that always lives sort of inside of me if that's not too cliche to say um that helped immeasurably with with my with creating art in those moments and i think the second thing i'd say is um i sort of had a, like an epiphany in myself a few years ago about writer's block where i used to believe in it and i no longer do um and my perspective on it shifted when I realized that the only reason I felt blocked as a writer is when I would try to write something when I didn't feel like I had anything to say. And maybe I intellectually did, or, but it wasn't like resonating through me or for whatever reason, like this, there was, there was actually nothing that I, that I had wanted to say. And so going back to that inhaling, exhaling idea of art, I just, in those moments, would realize it wasn't a time to exhale. That was a time to inhale. And I would go out and have experiences, call up a friend, play some basketball, you know, have an amazing conversation with my wife or hang out with, you know, a new person, whatever it was, just inhale a little bit and and then trust that there's a time for everything and the time for exhaling. Once you, if you continue inhaling enough, there you will start to overflow. And those moments of, uh, where where writing feels as easy as breathing will 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 definitely come in and that that trust in that comes from ex an experience of it being true so i guess yeah if, if anybody has anything to take from that then that would be amazing <laughs> so what's next jordan what are some ambitions some goals you have moving forward right now i would love to make peace with this feeling of, of creating and releasing music recorded because right now it feels so uncomfortable man. like there's something about you know the performance being a live thing that i can feel the, the moment i can feel the energy of the people in that room and i can sort of constantly ride that wave shift and change with it but recording feels so static where it's like i've recorded this thing feeling all the moments that were genuine in that moment and now i have to pass it off in a completely different time to people who may or may not be in the mood to receive it and and all of that so i just like i really want to find a way and i'm i'm getting there but to make peace with that movement and um i'm i'm just starting actually my my own recording or, or my my first album so i've got uh um, some a lot of music recorded that that will be probably revealed in the form of EPs. Um, but right now I'm working on like my first full body of work, and I hope that in that experience, I can, yeah, I guess take what I've learned from releasing music, not let it hinder me at all, but but sort of encourage me to, um, yeah, I guess find a more authentic and deeper version of who I am as a recording artist, um, in the way that I did as a performing artist before.
it's all stepping stones, right? You know, each yeah. thing you encounter along the way, you're going to use it and you're going to use it to help you get to where you want to go. For sure. Yeah. All right. So just to wrap things up, uh, I know I mentioned it to you at the beginning, but uh, we do what's called a mountain minute. So that's just a rapid fire round of questions. And we just see kind of where that goes. Mm, cool. You, re- you ready for this? I think so. <laughs> this, this, this is the Mountain, mountain Minute. Minute. Three, two, one. Favorite movie? Shawshank Redemption. Favorite food? Chocolate. Go-to breakfast? Uh, bacon and eggs and toast. Favorite song? Oh, man. <laughs> right now, it'd be Still by Volcano Choir. Where did you first hear this song? I don't remember. I have no idea. What is your guilty pleasure song? Um, I don't know if I have one of those. I Like, I could stand by any song I love. Um, but one that I probably... I don't know if there's anything that I probably... You know what? There's there was a, a live performance that Shawn Mendes did recently that I just like it just rocked my world. And mm. I don't like I don't I guess that's the only thing I could think of because of there's so much like hype around Shawn Mendes that sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like maybe there's there's too much focus on one, on some of these individual artists. But mm. so like I would probably want to like accompany that with saying that. But like but yeah no he rocked my world. It's so so cool to to, to hear. And just a, a side note, what what performance was that for people who want to oh, go check man, that I out? Oh, man, I got to remember what this song is. Let me find it. Sean. I don't know his music that well. That's cool. Um, I might know it. Hmm. You know what, man? I'm not going to be able to find this. <laughs> no, don't worry about it, man. Okay. <laughs> Favorite day of the week. Oh, I love Mondays. Least favorite day of the week? Um, I don't think I have one. Favorite color? Mm, probably a forest green. What time do you usually go to bed? Um, Probably around 11. What time do you usually wake up? Probably around 8.30. If you could make any animal your pet, what animal would you choose? Oh, man. Um, I would love to have a dog. That would, that would be pretty amazing. If you could change the stigma around one thing in the world, what would it be? Mm. Oh, man. I love that question. I would probably choose um, to make vulnerability cool. I mean, it's, it's sort of happening, but... I'm yeah, I'm just really like really excited about that to make like just people's genuine truth and exposing that to be something that's encouraged and interesting and cool, you know, as opposed to it feels like there are a lot of there's a huge a lot of people that that feel the opposite still that mm-hmm. that you know finding that facade and and that way of presenting yourself is like confident all the fucking time mm-hmm. is the coolest, but it's so unrealistic and untrue. I, I just want like that ex- that exposing. And that that showing that you're not confident all the time to be the, to be cool, I would love mm. that. Mm. And that's probably probably for selfish reasons. <laughs> yeah, but one thing just to say about that, as you know, two guys here that you mm-hmm. know share so much of themselves through art and through you know whether it's my podcast or your music or whatever, um, we we like to show that piece of ourselves of 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 us feeling something, and I think that's something that still there is a stigma around for men. Yeah, dude. 
hundred percent. If you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be? Hmm. Buddha. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, he's dead, so. <laughs> but somebody like that who has sort of achieved, or uh, it seems has achieved that like total state of peace and self-realization. Mm. That'd be cool. If you could have any superpower, what would you choose? Um, probably to be completely connected with my breath at all times, really deeply and thoroughly. Sweet or salty? I would, oh, dude, I, that's a hard one. I'd probably say salty. Coffee or tea? Oh, man, I love coffee. I'm, like, obsessed with the, the taste and the way it makes me feel, but I, I recently have been, haven't been able to, like, be messing with my digestive system too much. Mm. So I can't drink coffee, but if I could choose coffee, maybe my superpower would be to actually be able to drink it. <laughs> I think that's a good thing just in any regards, especially yeah. considering you choked on your tea earlier. Maybe you have a little yeah. bit of that. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> Rain or shine? Rain. Day or night? Day. Favorite number? Seven. Where do you want to travel? Everywhere. Fill in the blank. This podcast is? Awesome. Yeah, I like that answer. I get that, <laughs> I get that answer a lot, not to... I not bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jordan, thank you so much for sitting down and sharing a piece of yourself with us today. Thanks for taking the time, Jake. Appreciate it. Of course. So just before we wrap things up, uh, totally, where can our listeners check you out? Uh, you can find me online everywhere at Jordan Hart Sound. So that's Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, you name it. Everything is Jordan, H-A-R-T, Sound. Okay, well, thank you so much, brother. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jake. Thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of the Mountain Movers Podcast. Join our community on Instagram at Mountain Movers Pod. Rate and review us on all streaming platforms and let's grow the Mountain Movers community together. Until next time, keep climbing. Love always, Jake. Jake.